Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am that host, Skits M. Jones. And let's kick off the episode as we always do, talking about recent and upcoming events. First up, uh, this past Wednesday, January 29th, I guest co-hosted Dragzilla at Liars Club. And what an absolute blast that was. Um, I, uh, I joined hosts Cindy Vicious and Lucille Faufur and had a absolutely fantastic time uh, riffing with them and, you know, um, doing all of the the hosting duties, the introductions or the uh, exits from stage. I also helped out as uh, stagehand collecting up all the tips for the queens. So that was fun. Um, my knees still hurt from crawling around on that stage. I'm getting too old for this shit, y'all. Um, but no, I had a blast. Um, I did a stand-up set in the middle of the show right after intermission. And that was a different experience because it's a very lively, rowdy, noisy crowd, you know, and that's by design. You want everyone engaged and amped up and everything during a drag show. Uh, but then to do stand up in front of them, uh, was a, a different sort of challenge, but I think it went well. People were for the most part attentive, at least the people who wanted to be the people who weren't, were not so disruptive that they, uh, you know, hindered the, the performance or, you know, kept other people from hearing it. So yeah, I think it went well. Uh, and then of course, you know, Cindy and, and Lucille were absolutely fantastic as were guest performers, Tater Tot Noxious, Crystal Ball and Venus, who all absolutely killed it. Um, such a great night and, uh, sounds like at some point in the future, we'll do it all again. So I will be looking forward to that. Uh, one week from today, that's Wednesday, February 12th, I will be at Polly Polly Comedy uh, at the Crowd Theater. It is a uh, radical comedy show. That's uh, K.J. Whitehead's um, uh, production brand. Uh, K.J. Whitehead will also be the host. And joining me so far on the bill is Yaz Bat and Shannon Smith. Uh, I don't know who else. Uh, I think there's more to be announced, but we'll find out. Um, but yeah, so that is next Wednesday, next Thursday. Holy shit. It's so close. I'm freaking out. Thursday, February 13th, comfortably chaotic comedy cabaret debuts at the Comedy Shrine. Um, we've got comedy by Whitney Wasson and Cameron Little. We've got music by Emma Grace. We've got drag by Lucille Fofer of Dragzilla. We've got burlesque by Misconduct of Shush Burlesque. And uh, we've got my co-host and musical accompaniment by Chris Bongat. Um, I, I've talked about this show numerous times on numerous episodes. Uh, if you're listening, you already know, and you know how important this show is to me. And hopefully I will see you there. Um, thus far, closing out February, February 21st, I will be returning to Tonk House, uh, the show produced and hosted by Jay Garcia, and I will be on a bill along with King Kelly, Justin Cosby, and Alec Jones. 
Um, that's going to be a, a super fun show, and I'm looking forward to it. And there's more coming from Tonk House that uh, I will be talking about in the near future. Uh, probably next episode, I will have yet another show to announce and some other things going on. But we'll worry about that the next show. For now, let's move on to... You know what? I don't know what my main topic is for this episode yet. I'm mulling some things over in my head as we are recording. Uh, So let's move on to some of our segments. Uh, Let's kick it off with, what's Nicolas Cage up to? So Nicolas Cage has signed on to play himself in the upcoming drama, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, Lionsgate announced that the film will get a March 19th, 2021 release date. So, I mean, that's not exactly what he's up to right this moment, but it's still something he's up to. Uh, the upcoming film stars Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage, trying to land a role in a Quentin Tarantino movie while also trying to repair the strained relationship he has with his daughter. Uh, bear in mind, Nicolas Cage does not have this fictional daughter. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter gave a, a longer synopsis of the film, noting that Cage also stars as an egotistical version of his 90s self uh, from his heyday. So there will be two Nicolas Cages, both played by Nicolas Cage. The two will share scenes together in the film. And strapped for cash, this exaggerated ego version of Cage agrees to appear at a Mexican billionaire giant fan's birthday party, uh, but soon discovers that the man is a drug cartel kingpin who has kidnapped the daughter of a Mexican presidential hopeful. Uh, Soon after, in an attempt to save the kidnapping victim, stop a drug lord, and regain the affection of his own daughter and ex-wife, Fake Cage and this drug lord write a script that begins to mirror reality. Uh, The film is also said to include several references to past Nicolas Cage movies. So this sounds like an absolute flaming nightmare of a movie, and I am so excited to watch Nicolas Cage act alongside Nicolas Cage fighting drug cartels, saving, uh, kidnapping victims, and trying to star in movies while being Nicolas Cage. This is the most amazingly self-aware thing, uh, and just further goes to show, there's a reason why Nicolas Cage gets his own segment on this fucking podcast. Because he's Nicolas fucking Cage. Huh. Let's move on to dumb news. Fucking whatever. So, uh, the Super Bowl just happened, and the the president had some things to say, congratulating the state of Kansas for the Super Bowl win by the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs being out of Kansas City, Missouri. So, dumb. That's dumb. Learn geography. You're the president of 50 fucking states plus some territories. Get your shit together. On the other side of the aisle, equally, if not more so dumb, the DNC bungled the Iowa caucus by relying on an untested app 
that many failed to even download before the caucus began. So where'd the app come from? Well, it's a brand new tech firm run by, ah, former Clinton staffers. The name of the tech firm, Shadow Inc., And just like the looming shadow of Clinton and the 2016 elections, God damn you, DNC, you suck. You know what, fucking Democrats, stop shooting yourselves in the fucking foot. I don't even think there's feet left, if we're being honest. It's just, it's just bloody stumps, you know, like, uh, fucking whatever. Moving on. Hey, let's talk about the main topic. So the main topic for the episode, um, I, this past Monday, stayed on at Comedy Shrine, uh, aside from doing my, my five, uh, you know, four to five minute uh, little stand-up uh, bit over at the open mic, I did the improv, uh, the open improv that they do every Monday at Comedy Shrine. Had a blast, as always. Uh, it's always a great exercise and great learning some of the uh, methodology and structure. Because, you know, it's it's easy to think of improv as being something that's just completely, you know, off the cuff and, and whatnot. But there's also structure involved um, because it is, uh, you know, there's certain games and there's certain, um, you know, rules that one has to at least know uh, to understand how a good improvised scene works and how good, you know, partnership with your, with your, uh, improv partners works. And it's a a group thing as well as, you know, the, the individual like one-liner challenges and things like that. Um, and I had an absolute blast, uh, doing that. And I think I will be taking an eight week improv course, uh, starting later this month. Um, and it's not, uh, I'm not like switching to being just an improv performer or anything like that. Uh, I'm just expanding my tool set. You know what I mean? Um, I love stand up. I love writing and I, I mean, writing being a loose term. I, I don't actually have like physical writing, but I, I write, like I just write in my head and in voice memo. Uh, but that's fine. Everyone's got their, got their methods, but I, I love coming up with material and writing material and having it in my voice and doing my thing on stage and having it, uh, selfishly kind of be about me. And I like the element of stand up where I can just go do it and I don't need to rely on other people and there's no other, you know, setup that's necessary. Um, you know, I, I, it's a, a lovely contrast to doing the band thing, you know, where it's a group of us all unified working toward one goal and we have, you know, instruments and equipment and stuff like that. Um, you know, an improv, uh, uh, stand-up is kind of a stripped-down version of being able to perform. I can just go to a room and as long as there's a mic or it's a quiet enough room for people to hear me, I could do stand-up. Like, that's wild. And for me, uh, improv is kind of a a mixture of the two. It's a little more stripped down than the band necessarily, but it's still working in partnership with other people toward a common goal, that goal being, you know, make people laugh. Um, But I also, I like expanding the tool set, um, you know, being able to host and riff, being able to do stand-up and riff, 
being able to crowd work, being able to deal with hecklers, if that's a thing that comes up. You know, the, the ability to think on the fly is never a bad skill. Um, you know, plus me with my memory issues due to years of concussions from my time in the military, uh, not having to have stuff necessarily memorized is also delightful. Uh, just being able to kind of flow, um, is fun. And, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, there's weird things in the comedy world where improvers and stand-up comedians, uh, there's a divide and I don't know why that has to be like, why not do both doing both seems like the best way to be good at comedy in general. You know, I want to be a comedic performer, um, regardless of whether I'm hosting or doing uh, a set or, uh, doing improv or whatever I'm doing. And you know what, if I can get gigs doing improv, uh, I'll do that too. I love being on stage. So I, I am delighted to, you know, be expanding again, expanding the, the, the skill set and, and adding to my toolbox. And yeah, I think I'm going to take this, this class to get a better idea of how, uh, to, to do it with, you know, to do the, the improv thing. Uh, and, you know, gel with other people and learn some of the, some of the rules and some of the structure and, and whatnot, the framework that the improv happens within. Um, also, uh, as I stayed, uh, to do the improv and then stayed after improv and just hung around and chit chatted with people, I've totally become that fucking person who rails about uh, the, the collapse of the system and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I've talked about it on the podcast, things like, um, how capitalism is, uh, an unsavable, uh, form of, of, uh, societal structuring and it's collapsing in on itself and, uh, the future is the end of capitalism as we know it and things like that. And I've now just become that person also standing out in a smoking circle. Politics came up. We talked about various candidates and things like that. This was before the Iowa caucus and the DNC fucked shit up like a bunch of jackasses. Um, and I, I, I've talked about it in the past. I am left of the left. Like, I think the Democrats are fucking morons. Plus, the left isn't even the left. The left in any other developed nation would be the middle. The right, what we consider the right, is actually the far right. And so when people on the left talk about going, you know, to the middle and reaching across the aisle and shit like that, they're not talking about going to the middle. They're talking about going to the right, which is the wrong direction to go in. Um, it's, it's a, it's a problem. Um, you know, I, I think your, your standard run of the mill status quo Democrats are part of the problem. And until, uh, the DNC realizes this and stops trying to push them down our throats, uh, shit, if they lose the presidential election, it's their own fucking doing. There is no reason that anyone 
should be able to lose to Donald Trump, short of this just being the shittiest nation. Like, because <laughs> the, the man is not a fit uh, pr- uh, president. He's, he's, he's not fit to run a business. Like, the businesses he runs, he typically loses money on or fucks up or whatever. He's a mob boss. He's a shady fuck. Like, and America's always been kind of a shady fuck country. Like, you only need to ask other countries about that for context. Or, shit, ask some of the citizens of this country, you know. Um, you are... Alright, here's a random statistic that I learned. You are, like, a thousand times more likely to be killed by cop than you are to be killed in a mass shooting. And not for having done anything. We're talking kids, innocent bystanders, passing motorists. Uh, You are more likely to be killed by a cop than you are to be killed in a mass shooting. So, you know, if we want to debate guns, maybe we should disarm cops. I don't know. It's a thought. Uh, This isn't a political podcast, though. I I wanted to stay away from this stuff. I'm, I'm just giving examples on how I've become that fucking person. Um... Hopefully that'll subside at some point and we can get back to talking about other things. Like, I'm super excited to go see Birds of Prey. Shit, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow night. I'll go see Birds of Prey. I don't know. It comes out. I want to see it. I love a girl gang movie. Uh, I, I am super stoked to see this one. I'm more stoked for this than I am any of Marvel's upcoming. What does Marvel even have coming up? other than the TV shows. I honestly don't know what the next movie is. And I don't know that I care. Um, uh, Saw some other movies recently. Uh, I don't know that they're necessarily on my recommendations list, but here they are anyway. I saw Gretel and Hansel, uh, the new film starring uh, Sophia Lillis. Uh, She was the, the... uh, the redhead girl in It Chapter One. Um, she stars as Gretel, Alice Krieg, the Borg, Cree, uh, Borg Queen from uh, Star Trek. What was that? First Contact uh, plays a witch. Um, I don't know who anyone else in the movie was, but that's fine. It was, it was fine. It was a fine movie. It was a beautiful movie. It was very nice to look at. Uh, the ending felt a little anticlimactic. But I also feel like they they weren't... It was marketed and pushed as a dark, grim horror movie. Uh, and it wasn't that. It was just a unsettling fairy tale. Um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, very pretty. Um, good performances. Yeah, no complaints, I suppose. Um, I also saw Velocipaster which is a low-budget-to-no-budget movie about a priest who uh, cuts himself on a magical talisman that will occasionally turn him into a dinosaur, and he begins a spree of killing bad people, uh, aided by the new love of his life, uh, who is a sex worker. Um... And, uh, yeah, it's a, (laughs) if you like movies like Kung Fury or any of the trauma films, Velocipaster is fun and very dumb. 
and potentially problematic in places, but I think most low-budget movies kind of fall into that. So there you go. Sort of maybe recommendations. Let's move on to the real recommendations. I do have a music recommendation for you, uh, so let's move on to that. Uh, Your music recommendation for this episode, Body Funk by Purple Disco Machine. First up, how can you not love the names of both the song and the artist? Uh, It's one of my favorite new discoveries that I stumbled upon just going down YouTube rabbit holes. This track has a perfectly danceable groove with a marching uh, cadence vocal that is absolutely infectious. Um, So Purple Disco Machine is international DJ, producer, and remixer Tino Piantek. Um, and, uh, Piantech started Purple Disco Machine in 2009, finding success with a number of collaborations and remixes, followed by, uh, the release of some, some individual tracks before the 2017 release of the album Soulmatic. Uh, Soulmatic had Body Funk as its first single, and the track was re-released in 2019 with a push to expand into the U.S. market. Uh, So far, Purple Disco Machine is still finding most of its success in Europe, but damned if it doesn't just tick all the boxes for stuff I'm looking for in my music. And I hope it does blow up in the U.S. at some point, because I always need more shit to dance to. All right, last segment of the episode. It's the Tarot Pull. Uh, I haven't pulled from the Neon Nightmare Tarot deck by Miss Kitty Cush in a while, so let's check in with that one. Uh, The card that we have pulled is the Wheel of Fortune. Uh, That is represented on this card by Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice, depicted in the scene from the movie where he rises from uh, a table to start his role in the climax of the film, where he's got kind of an amusement park game vibe. Uh, He's got like a a merry-go-round headpiece thing. Um, So why that image for this particular card? Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, But here's what I do know. The Wheel of Fortune is about change and change for the better. Whatever your situation is now, the wheel keeps turning. Life keeps moving forward, and the wheel lives up to its name, fortune. And fortune doesn't necessarily mean money. It just means being fortunate. You know, good things are coming, and it's, it's a good time to be grateful for that. And, you know, for my personal note on fortune, this isn't uh, an element of the card. This is just me. Um, the best way to spend fortune is to share fortune. Use your successes as ways to elevate others along with you. Uh, Because who likes to travel a road alone when you can do it with friends? You know? Um, If if you are successful, what can you do to use your success to better others and help them be more successful? That is what you should always keep in mind when you are succeeding. Yes, take a moment to congratulate yourself and celebrate your own successes and just, you know, sit with it and revel with it for a while. Um, But then think about, all right, now that I have this, what can I do with it? You know, because I think that's the important thing. Um, Yeah, I guess that's all I've got. 
uh, that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it with my random political ramblings and frustrations with the state and uh, what Nicolas Cage is up to and shit like that. Um, If you liked it, leave me a, a review somewhere. You can rate and review on iTunes or whatever the fuck it's called now, Apple Podcast, whatever. Or you can email me at skitsmjones at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voice message on uh, anchor.fm or on the Anchor app. Uh, You can also find me on all the social media at skitsjones, S-K-I-T-Z-J-O-N-E-S, all one word, on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. Um, Yeah, find me, follow me, any of the things. Shoot me a message, drop me a line, share with your friends. And I really hope to see you all at uh, Comfortably Chaotic Comedy Cabaret next week. I'll talk about it again next episode. Don't you worry. Drops every Wednesday, the new episodes. We're down to a weekly release schedule. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got. Keep that trash fire burning. Thank you.